Father. You are here with us by your spirit and uh, you are, as we've been singing, uh, you have sent your son as the savior of the world and you're, you're bringing this world into the place that you long for it to be in. Uh, one day all things will be set right. Uh, it's the very thing that compels our hearts is even, even as we've been talking here in, in the chaplaincy area, but in all areas of, of this world and our lives where we see things that are not quite right as they should be and we know you and the way that things should be. And so we, we know that that's your heart, that things would be set right. It's the very reason you came that uh, you would set us right. And so uh, we thank you that that's the very thing you're doing and we commit ourselves to you even now uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know you. Uh, we want your love, uh, your very spirit, uh, to lead us into all that you have for us. So be with us now by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free to grab a seat. Um, it's a very special day, I guess, or evening, where we're finishing up our series in James. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with watching TV shows, probably, um, but there's this thing that happens whenever there's a series and it, and it comes to the finale, you sort of get to this, um, this, you know, you get there and you're like, oh, I can't believe this, this TV show is going to end. And then they come out and they go, actually, it's a double episode. And then you go, okay, it sort of just um, makes it that little bit less painful uh, so that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we're going to go for a double, so hopefully you're really excited for that. Um, no, no, no. We're, so we're, we're, we're finishing up in James, and uh, I, I, fr from the get-go, I guess, there's, there's a sense that James is bringing this to a close, but really he's, uh, he's drumming home uh, the fullness of the letter, actually, and right at the heart of the letter, James actually started with this, but uh, this is what he says in verse one. James, um, he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is right at the center of this community. Uh, in fact, James doesn't mention Jesus too much throughout the letter. And yet uh, th there's, there's a real clarity that that's just a given. This is a community that are founded on him that have been impacted by his life, have, have had their lives completely transformed and changed by him. And so the community is defined by Jesus is Lord. That means that whoever he is, that's where they're going. Uh, they're looking to him, they're calling on him. And so that's really at the heart of James's letter. But uh, let's jump straight into the passage. I'm gonna start a few verses back uh, um, and, and cover a little bit of what was covered last week. Uh, just for um, a bit of continuity, but uh, we'll start in verse 11. So this is chapter five, verse 11, and down to verse 20. Uh, this is how, this is what it says. Talking about suffering here. Indeed, we call blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, 
so that you may not fall under condemnation. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It's a powerful last verse there actually. The one uh, who brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The language there is really in line with who Jesus is and what he's done. And I think that that really encapsulates uh, the, the letter, really. Uh, seeking to reveal who Jesus is. This is God's intention to reveal who Jesus is, that we might know him, and in knowing him, uh, uh, come to be like him. So he wants, God wants to reveal himself, and in revealing himself for us to actually um, become like him and in becoming like him to reveal him to others. Uh, there's this outward movement. It's the very heart of God that seeks for others to come to know him because he is life and he wants others to have life in him. So I thought uh, we might track with James here actually. In, in verse uh, 11, he talks about uh, Job and then he, further down, he talks about Elijah. And at the end there, he's, he seems really to be alluding to, to Jesus. And so I thought it would be good for us. This is, he's writing to a Jewish community, and so they're very well versed in the Old Testament Scriptures. But I thought it'd be good for us to go to these places uh, that he's talking about and see what is going on there. Uh, because what we'll find is that the very intention of God that's highlighted in, in these verses is coming out in these passages. So if, you, if you're familiar with Job, or if you're not familiar with Job, um, he, he was a, a guy in the ancient Near East, and he was described as, as being a blameless, a righteous person, a person who was very uh, pious, uh, he was a very wealthy man, perhaps a ruler in his area, and uh, he, was, he was generous, uh, very, very open to giving to people, helping people out. Uh, he was very devout and prayerful as well. In fact, uh, this, this is, is really an upstanding citizen. As we've been going through James and he's been highlighting all the things to do, this, this um, um, summarizes really uh, who Job is. And so Job is very wealthy and things are going very well for him. And we find him 
In fact, even uh, with a heart that seeks for uh, uh, people to follow in the, in, the, in the ways that are right. And he sees his children uh, maybe getting a bit carried away with parties and, and, and maybe a bit too much wine. And so he's putting himself on the line and he's praying for them. He's, um, he's interceding for them so that, that God will uh, keep them safe, that God will reveal himself to them and that they might be set right as well. Uh, if you know the, the, what ends up happening in Job, you know that disaster actually strikes. Uh, he loses everything that he has. It's, it's instigated by Satan who wants to test him. He, he's a devout man, but Satan wants to prove that his, his, um, his desire to follow God and to know God is really dependent on the fact that God is blessing him and giving him uh, such a good life. And so uh, that gets all stripped from him. In fact, uh, his whole family is is taken away, his, uh, his body is subject to decay and is, and is in suffering, uh, is, he, he's left in desolation really. And um, in this we see God actually allowing this, uh, but we see God working through this. And that's what I wanted to really trace here, what, what exactly God is doing in this story and how it relates to what, uh, what James is talking about here. Um, it, um, in Job, as he's, as he's in, in his suffering, um, he's, he, he's, he's visited by these friends of his and they're each representatives of different uh, nations that are around the area and they come and they're trying to counsel him, uh, telling him to just admit that, what, what he, that he's lived a sinful life and God is cursing him, but, but he, he won't. And these friends, as they come and they dialogue with him, they enter into um, relationship with him, he, um, it, it ends up just causing him more uh, psychological um, stress and emotional stress even. Uh, but, he's, but, but, but so much pressure is being put on him. And we see what James commends him for is patient uh, endurance. And, and it's very interesting what, what, um, what James says there. He says about, about Job, he says, um, you've heard of the endurance of Job. You've seen the purpose of God, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And so this is what we see happening in Job. Um, Job's at, at, at his wit's end, effectively calling out to God to reveal himself to, so that he can bring his case before him. What, you know, what, what is going on? What, why, why is all this happening to him? And so he calls for God to, to reveal himself, to show himself, and God um, does God? God appears to him in a storm, and um, and reveals himself in such a way that Job is is left speechless. And then God continues to speak to him, and this is this is what Job says uh, at the end of this encounter. In Job forty-two verse five, he says, "I had heard of you speaking to God by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you." Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And it goes on and then it says, and the Lord, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, which is, is one of those friends who was um, um, uh, coming against him, telling him to curse God. This is what God says to that, to that friend. My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right 
as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has done. And so they uh, went and did what the Lord had told them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And then it says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. We see an incredible picture there of Uh, God revealing himself to Job, but then calling him to embody his very heart, to call those who were against him and were doing um, ill towards him and and to to bring God's forgiveness to them, to pray for them, to intercede for them. And this is the very thing that Job does. And so what, what we see in Job is a revelation of God to him and then the revelation of God in him for these friends. There we see what James says, the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. The second one that, that James looks at is Elijah and he, he talks about Elijah praying for rain to stop and then it's stopping for three and a half years and then he prays for it to come again and then it does. And, and he's sort of bookending a, a section of, of time in history, that's three and a half years, where some incredible things happen in and through Elijah's life. But uh, it is Israel, it's around eight, 870 uh, BC. And uh, the whole point of Israel as a nation, God actually um, calling them out of Egypt, constituting them as a people. Uh, in fact, uh, in, in Abraham, uh, calling Abraham to follow him and to have faith in him, giving him a son. All of, all of God's faithfulness to them, all of his blessing towards them, all of his revelation to them was to reveal himself to them in such a way that they would know God's blessing, receive God's blessing, and then actually embody God's blessing to the nations. They, the, the, their divine uh, vocation, God's, God's uh, desire for them, his design for them was that they would um, um, be blessed uh, to be a blessing to the nations. But at this point in history, in 870 BC, uh, they're ruled by a king, King Ahab. And in fact, uh, he's the opposite of what Job is. He's the opposite of righteous. In fact, he's, he's as evil as it gets. It says there that, that he was evil than, or, or he did more evil than any that, more than any that came before him. And, um, and so, Ahab is leading Israel in a direction that is completely self-serving, that is actually alienating uh, their neighbours. Rather than being a blessing to them, they're becoming a stench in the region. Now, Elijah, whom James is talking about, uh, comes into this situation and, and Elijah's a prophet and he he, he's a person who stands before God. He has a desire to know God. He, I guess you would fit, fit him into that, to that, um, that, that blameless side. He, his heart is to know God and who he is and to see his people, uh, Israel, uh, fulfilling what, what they're meant to be, to, to have the life of God in them. 
and that they would be a blessing. And so he stands before God, but he also stands before the king and he sees a big difference between who God is, the love that he has, the provision that he has, the, the blessings that he's giving, uh, and, and what he sees is the opposite of that in King Ahab. And he is leading the people uh, to, do, to do evil in God's sight. And so this is what Elijah says as he comes before King Ahab. This is in 1 Kings 17.1. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishba in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So this is the prayer that, uh, that James is talking about. This is where it starts. And from this point here, Elijah goes straight from uh, the king's presence and God sends him to a, uh, a place in, in, uh, in the wilderness where he's fed by uh, ravens and he drinks from a brook, but it's a drought. So the, so the, um, the brook eventually dries up and God sends him uh, to go to a town that is outside of Israel that is to uh, uh, the people that uh, Israel should have been a blessing to, should have been revealing who God is to. And um, he gets sent there. And God says, D don't worry about um, food. Don't worry about where you're gonna stay. There'll be a widow there to meet you in this, um, in this foreign town. And uh, she will, she'll sort you out. And so he goes to this town. And as he's arriving uh, at the very gate of the city, there's a woman picking up sticks and he, he starts a conversation with her, realizes she's a widow. So, so this is the lady. This is the lady God was talking about. Um, and so he asks her for a drink and then he asks her for some food. Uh, and she says, look, um, I don't know, if, you know, this is paraphrasing, you know, but, but probably, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but, but there's a drought in the area and um, there's famine in this region. And so we don't have much food. We have... I have a bit of flour and I've got a little bit of olive oil, uh, but that's it. In fact, what I'm doing right now is just preparing things to go back home and, and I, have a, I have a young son, a young boy, and we're gonna have our last meal and then we're just gonna die. And Elijah says um, to her, yep, no, that, that's okay. You continue with that, that plan, you know, definitely make that meal for yourself. Uh, but before you do that, make, can you make me a little cake? Um, but then he says, but then don't worry because uh, as, as you're doing that, you'll find that the, the, the oil will continue to come and there will be provision and you will have more than enough to be able to feed you. And that's the very thing that happens and it's an incredible miracle. And, and Elijah spends time and builds a relationship with this family and, and incredible things happen here. In fact, we see this picture of Elijah as this, as this righteous person uh, that is put in their lives and, 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 is, and is revealing who God is to them. In fact, the, the child of, of the woman ends up dying and um, she cries out to Elijah, do you know what, you know, what have, you, have you just brought, you know, why, why, what was the whole point of this? Why did we even have food then? If we, if, it would have been better for us to die then. We're, we're still here, why keep us alive? And, and he dies now. And Elijah puts himself in that place of, of, of fervent prayer. There's, there's a huge wrestling that happens in Elijah's life and he prays and the son is miraculously brought to life and it's, in, it's an incredible miracle. Uh, but what I wanted to highlight actually 
is after this miracle happens, this is what the woman, the widow says to Elijah in 1 Kings 17, 24. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. We see the same pattern here that Elijah is is put in places where he's seeking God, he's seeing more of who God is, um, he's being sent to places and, and, and it's, a, it's a struggle for him. He's got to put faith in God, but the more he puts faith in God, the more God's revealed to him. And all, all, all that's happening here is, is God is being revealed in him and others are coming to know God through that. It's an incredible, incredible story there, actually. In fact, I, like, I encourage you to read, go read, you know, if, if you've got spare time tonight before you go to bed, read 1 Kings 17, 18. Incredible incredible um, story of what God uh, wants to do, his intention uh, for people. But this is, it's quite sad in a way because um, th- that's happening on an individual level, right? Elijah's going to this, this foreign woman, but this is the very thing that the whole of Israel should have been doing. And the, and the fact that she's in that difficult position is because the whole of Israel is turned against God and yet Elijah, Elijah is putting himself in the place, uh, um, in the position of, of, um, of seeking to communicate who God is. The rain stops. What is it all for? What is it all for? They're in, in famine. The whole region is in famine for three years. And in 1 Kings uh, 1821, we, we start to see what, what the purpose is, what, what God is doing. And so Elijah goes back to Israel and he, this, is, this is at that three and a half year mark where he, he's about to pray for, for the rain to come back. He calls all the people together uh, in, in, in Israel and, uh, and the prophets of, of Baal who are, who are worshiping foreign gods and leading the people astray. And this is what he says in verse 21, or what it says. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And says the people did not answer him a word. Interesting um, way of explaining it, you know, um, um, will you go limping? What, like, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? There is a sense there, really, that something does need to be healed, uh, uh, not only for the individuals in the society, but for the nation as a whole, for them to be set right, to know who God is. And then he, and then he goes on. This is 1 Kings 18, 36 to 39. Uh, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. This is the intention. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offerings, the wood, the stones and the dust and even licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. Preparing their hearts to see God, 
to open their hearts to be able to receive his blessing again, to take on the very nature of who he is. James in chapter five, verse 18, puts it like this. Elijah then prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. It's a picture there of the earth being unproductive, being um, unable to do the things that it was meant to do. And now it's being set right again, anointed with the rain. God's intention that we would see him, that in seeing him, we would come to be like him by his very spirit. And then in becoming like him, reveal him to others. Draw them back, save them. Cover over a multitude of sins, as James says. And on that, in that point of of covering over a multitude of sins, foundational to all of this and right at the heart of it is Jesus. And this is the space where James is talking from. And so I wanna take a look just at three verses that, that give a quick summary of Jesus' life Almost as, as, um, as James is doing here with Elijah, how he says, you know, Elijah was a man just like us. Here's what it says in Hebrews 7 to 9. In the days of Jesus' humanity, he offered up both prayers and pleas with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his devout behaviour. Although he was a son, he learnt obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. This is the picture. The revelation of God completely revealed in Jesus. The fullness of God revealed in Jesus. Seeking to conform the flesh to the shape of God, seeking for him to be revealed in the utmost, going to the cross for our sakes, to reveal the love of God, dying, rising again, to reveal the fullness of God's intention, complete healing, complete restoration. No separation between the healing of spirit and body. He became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him, calling to himself. This is the very intention of God. It's all that he is doing. There is nothing that happens in this world that is outside of his purview, that is outside of this intention to draw us to himself, that we might know him and that we might have him dwell in us and be image bearers. It's the very reason we were created. And in fact, as we read um, this passage in James and, and, and there's, there's the tension I think that we feel there uh, between uh, uh, suffering and sickness and, 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 and suffering righteously and, and suffering because of the consequences of our sin. But this is what undergirds all of that, God's intention for us. The blessing, the revelation of who he is, is no different whether, 
we are suffering or sick because of sin or because of righteousness. His intention stays the same. He still longs for the fullness of who he is to be revealed in us and for others to come to know him. The thing here that James is talking about um, um, with sin, he, he still calls uh, uh, for those who are sick to come, to, to be anointed, to, uh, to be prayed for. And it says the Lord will raise them up. It, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful picture. I, 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 the, the parallel of who Jesus is and what he's doing has to be seen there. But he's calling, he's calling for, for a, a true physical healing to happen here. Um, but then he says, he says, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And so we find that if, if there is um, suffering or sickness and it is because of sin, uh, there is a call to, to, to confess, just to, just to bring things out into the open, not, not, not to be condemned, but that the very reality of who he is can start to work its way into us, to turn, to, to repent, to, to declare Jesus as Lord, to turn to him, to obey him. I guess... There are many, many reasons why um, we may be here today. Perhaps there, there are uh, people, as he's saying here, are there, are there any sick among you? Are there any who are suffering among you? Are there any who are joyful among you? Perhaps the picture is uh, similar to what James gives, a picture of a dry land. Uh, rain has stopped coming. Uh, perhaps you feel as though your life is not as it should be, not what it was meant to be, not, not yielding uh, a, a harvest. And yet the very intention of God is that you would know his healing, his anointing, his provision, so that you have everything you need for, for his life, for his blessing to be revealed in you and for others to come to know the love of God through you, the blessing of God through you. So this is, this is what he says. It's, it's, a, it's a ready-made response. I didn't even need to think about it. He says, are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the leaders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. And so this, that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna spend time worshiping uh, if, 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 if you're cheerful and, and if, if things are in a good place for you, worship, worship. Thank him for who he is. Continue to fix your eyes on him. Continue to move towards him. But if, but if you are 
sick. And, and firstly, if, if, you're, if you're physically sick, if, if there's, a, if there's a, a physical suffering that you're going through, uh, if, if you do truly feel that in some shape or form that, that your body is not functioning the way that it should, then, then that's exactly what we want to do. While, while we're worshipping, just come down. We, we, the, the pastors are here. We've got, we've got some oil. We'd love to just anoint you and pray for you, set you apart for God's plans and purposes. Call on him for his healing um, to come. We'd love to do that. Um, but I want to open it up as well. If, if beyond, beyond physical healing, if, if, if there's just a sense of dryness, maybe it's spiritual, emotional. I don't know, I don't know what that looks like, but perhaps you have a sense that I, I don't feel like my whole life is actually set apart for, for all of who God is. There are parts in my life that, that, that I don't have a sense of, of, of um, where God even is in those spaces of my life. But I, but I want God to be revealed in me. I want to know Him. I want to know the fullness of His life. In fact, I want my life to be characterised only by His intention for me to see Him, to have His life in me, and then for others to know his love through me because he is at work in me. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're saying, I just just need you. You don't want any cost to be too great for you to follow Jesus. Then come down as well. We'll do the same. Anoint, set you apart as a symbol of God is giving rain for the land. God is giving you provision. God is giving you everything you need to be able to do that. We wanna set you apart for that very purpose and pray that God uh, reveals himself to you as you continue to follow him, as you continue to open up those spaces of your life to him. We'd love to do that. And, and, and in all of these things, if there, if there are places where where, where you are feeling conviction of sin and, and there, there, there are relationships that are not right, that there is bitterness or, or, or anything, anything that comes to mind, the Holy Spirit is active and at work in this. Um, confess to one another. He's saying this. If there's someone that you know that you need to go talk to, do that. If, if you wanna talk to, to any of the pastors and you feel comfortable doing that, uh, please, This is not a space of condemnation. This is the very place where God's intentions come about. This is what we long for. And so feel free um, to come and do that. We'd love to pray with you as well. And the rest of you, as you're cheerfully praising, pray for us. Pray for us as a community, not just as individuals, but even as Elijah's heart, uh, Jesus' very own heart for, for all of humanity, but, but what we saw in Elijah's heart for Israel, that they would actually take up that divine vocation to see him, to know him, to live in his blessing, to have the very life of God in them and to be a blessing to others. Pray that that would be a reality in us as a community. Pray for the love of God to be growing between us in such measure that people would know us by our love for one another. And that we, that we would be unified in no other way apart from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That He would characterize us in every way. Pray, pray for that. I'm not gonna pray now because we're gonna spend all this time praying. 
and, 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 I, and I want to do that. I want to I I focus on that. So, so actually, just maybe just stand. Let's stand together now. And as we worship, it's been clear. Come, come forward, come. We want to pray for each other. And worship Him. Set your eyes on Him. His intentions are good and He is working. He is always working.
the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, yes, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even if I don't see it, you're working. Even if I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, come on, declare. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop.
just, uh, I was just reminded actually of a story of a friend of mine that uh, he shared with me. He doesn't go to this church or anything like that, but he shared with me about um, an ailment that he was struggling with and actually struggled with it for like a couple of years. And it was very, uh, very impacting on his life and uh, very detrimental. And it, he was really struggling and suffering for a couple of years with that. And he, he said, he told me this story, it's a fascinating story, but he said he was at the back, right in the very back row of a church service one night. And, uh, and he just felt to pray. He just felt to pray for God to heal him. And, uh, and as he was standing there in the time of worship, he just prayed and he just said, God, you know, this has been so uh, big in my life and it's, it's, uh, I'll struggle with this. And it was a really big thing for him. And he just said, God, I'd love you to just heal me and take it away. And he can't really describe it, but he says in that moment, just that ailment that he was struggling with for a couple of years and it was very detrimental to his, to his life. He literally just knew, he says, I can't really describe how, I just knew in that moment that it was, it was gone. It was all over, like it was no longer there. And he said, from that night on, he turned to his wife and he said, I think God's just healed me of this thing that had been uh, wrestling with. He said, from that moment on, it was gone. It was all over and he's never come back again. Now, I'm not saying that happens all the time. What I am saying is that I know God can heal. Sometimes He does, sometimes He doesn't. I don't know why and I don't understand all of that. But I just sensed that, you don't need to necessarily come down the front to do that. You could be in the very back row, but there may be something in your life that you're struggling with. And I just sense in that similar story, I wanna give you the opportunity to say, God, we're here, we're gathered together. Your Word says you can heal. Would you heal me? Uh, and so I just wanna give you that opportunity to do that tonight. And you just don't know, it may be God's will that He wants to do that this very night. So why don't just in an attitude of prayer and just in an attitude of faith as we've been praying all day for God to work, we had a prayer and healing service uh, this afternoon. Why don't we do that now, just in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you can close your eyes or put your palms out or whatever you wanna do, you don't have to do that. But if you wanna do that now, I just wanna give you an opportunity in your head and in your heart to just talk to God and just say, God, would you heal me? Would you do this work in my heart? Well, let's do that now. Thank you, God, for your healing work. Father, your word says that, uh, your word says that you're a healing God. We've, I've read it, I've read it. God, I've read your word time and time again. You went about healing people. So I know, we know that you can do it. And you've just heard a whole heap of prayers just crying out to you saying, God, would you heal me in this area? And together united, we just, join with those prayers and say, Lord, would you do it? Maybe this very night, maybe this week, but we pray that you would. We pray that maybe out of this very moment, there may be many miracles flow out of this moment, a testament to your faithfulness, a testament to your goodness, a testament to your healing work and the power of prayer. Your Word says, as we read in James, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we just thank You, great God, for Your healing touch. Thank You that You're a miracle-working God, a miracle-working God. And uh, we worship You and we thank You, great God. So Father, uh, thank You that there is always hope in You, that we can cry out to You and call upon You. And there's always hope in You, great God. Some uh, that know the experience of that. And uh, Father God, we just wanna continue to keep pressing into You, keep pressing into You. 
You're a miracle working God. We love You, Lord, and we thank You for Your work in and through our lives. And we pray, God, You continue to use our lives for Your kingdom purposes, uh, Father God. Whatever we're doing and wherever we are, that You'd continue to use our lives. We worship You tonight, God, and we thank You in advance. We thank You by faith. We thank You by faith for Your work. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. Um, I do wanna say though, although you can still come down and receive prayer, we'd love to pray for you. That's no worries. Or you can meet us at our Connections Lounge as well and we'd love to pray for you. Uh, But God bless you tonight. Uh, May God use you this week, whatever you're doing. Have an awesome week and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks.